59 when she passed away. <laughs> I'm going, wait a minute. Why am I even listening to that young lady? Most of the things I remember mom saying, she was probably like in her 30s. <laughs> and I'm, I listen to her as if she's an authority. And why do I, a 60-year-old man, listen to that young woman who doesn't know anything? And the answer is, yeah, she's my mother, right? You listen to mom. Mom, your words are immortal, okay? We will never, we will never get past you and your words, the things you say and the things you do. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a warning to you young parents. It's a reminder to older parents. Uh, mom is the epitome of wisdom because she is your guiding voice for life. It's just the way it is. This passage of Proverbs that we have today, Proverbs 6, verses uh, 20 uh, through 23. Tw- 20, yeah, 23. My son, keep your father's commandments and forsake not your mother's teachings. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will walk with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light. And the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. They are the way of life. Uh, you, I want to talk to you about what mom's words do to you. Now, now as I say this first, I want you to remember... Uh, Mom's words guide you when you walk about. They watch you when you sleep. They, they speak to you when you're awake. And, and a little reflection on life, and you realize uh, how right Solomon was. Uh, even if your mom was not a believer, she spoke to you, and, and she spoke out of concern for you. She spoke out of a desire for you to do well and a desire for you to do right. And those who pay attention to her words are the ones who will do well. So, so what they do for you, first, when, they, when you walk, they will lead you. For instance, mom said, if your friends jumped off the bridge, would you jump too? Now, theoretically, that means when you came to the bridge and your friends are jumping off, you go, oh, wait, mom didn't want me to do that. But I want to tell you something, mom. You made it a question which left the answer open. <laughs> you should have said, even if your friends are jumping off the bridge, don't you jump too. <laughs> See, you, you messed up on that one because when my friends jumped off the bridge, actually it wasn't a bridge. You know what we found? We found on the south, I lived at the base of the south hill, just over the freeway, and, and so you walked about four blocks, you got to the south hill and you went up. And about four blocks up the south hill, there was this tree with a branch with a rope hung to it. You know how like you see the pictures or you've done it where you swing out over the water, right? And you either let go or come back. Well, this wasn't over water. It was just over a really big pit. <laughs> but it was fun. What can I say? Mom never said, if your friends were swinging over a pit, don't swing too. So she didn't protect me there. But, but anyway, uh, for me, mom needed to be really clear. But think about good advice you got from your mom. Wash your hands before you eat. Brush your teeth. Say your prayers. Always wear clean underwear. Right? How many of you asked your mom why? Nobody's going to see it anyway. Right? What, what was I, my brothers and I, I mean, it's like, Mom, nobody's going to see it anyway. Nobody sees my underwear. And so mom would answer, because if you get hit by a car, they'll see it. <laughs> so when I get hit by a car... <laughs> 
My brother says the reason they had to cut it off with scissors <laughs> was because it was so dirty. And I'm going, no, because you know, they do that. I'm sorry, kids. If you get hit by a car, if you break a leg, they cut off your clothing. They don't let you, like, take them off. They, 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 they cut them off for you. So you want to have clean underwear because <laughs> there's a good reason for it. Uh, John, you know, Brother John, I just, you know, he's never let me go of that. Funny thing about mom's words, though, is they become your own, right? Mom's words become your words. Mom's words become your words. You, you say what she said. You do what she, she does. She, I don't, it's not like she haunts you because haunting sounds wrong. It sounds spooky. It sounds like, oh, I wish she wouldn't do that. It's more like mom built your character. When I say mom, recognize this passage is referring to mom and dad. But, but they build the character that you have today. Uh, it, who you are is usually uh, on that. And unless you remind yourself, you forget that you got that from mom sometimes. Sometimes you say something and you go, oh, that's my mother. I, I do it more with my father. I speak and I hear my father coming out of my mouth. But, but, but we, we hear our mom doing that too. Uh, and we can forget because there's so much a part of us, we don't remember that they I wonder how many of the things we say are centuries old. You know, maybe the language has changed a little bit, but mom got it from her mom who got it from her mom who got it from her mom. You know, and, and I want, and, but, but we don't know that. It's simply what we say because it's so much a part of us, it becomes who we are. And, and by the way, Mom, I just want to come back. This is a reminder to take your role seriously. Uh, when, when we walk, meaning when we go about our life, they give us direction. They lead us. Mom's words lead us. When we lie down, they watch over you. Right? When you, you lie down, they watch over you. If, the way, if you live the way Mom told you to live then you will lie down in peace. That, that, that's what's going on there. If you live the way mom tried to get you to live, if you tr- do the thing she said... You, you know, uh, I think I remember this scene out of the, the Man from Snowy River. Anybody remember that movie, The Man from Snowy River? Where, where there's the guy in the bunkhouse who there was a loud noise and suddenly he was out of his bed and had a gun in his hand. It's kind of, it's in a lot of Western, I I like Louis L'Amour, and it's not in all of his books, but it's in a couple of them where the guy, what's it going on? The guy's got a, does not have a clean conscience, and he does not sleep well, and he's sure somebody's coming to get him, so when he hears the sudden noise, he jumps up, he's not, you know, he's ready to protect himself, he's not at peace because he has a bad conscience. If we follow the words mom gave us, if we listen to them, we will have a clean conscience. Mom's teaching will give you a clean conscience. They will watch over you when you lie down. They are protecting you because you paid attention to them. When you awake, they will talk with you. And let's try this one. Do you ever actually interact with mom when she's not there? Right? It's like you hear her voice and you're thinking about it and you reason with her. Right? Speaking of jumping off a bridge, I have done that. It was over water. It was on purpose. But I remember when I got to, and this was 30-some years ago, I got to that bridge and I heard mom saying, don't jump off the bridge. Right? And, and I'm looking down, I'd seen other people do it, and it looked like an awful lot of fun. It was about 50 feet up. And, uh, and it, it looked like an awful lot of fun. And Mom's saying, don't jump off the bridge. And I'm interacting with her. I'm going, and of course, Mom is 30 miles away at this point. Uh, and, and I'm going, but this is different, right? And I went through this struggle with Mom 
or to get permission to jump off the bridge because, I mean, she wasn't there, but her words were there, right? And then I had to get permission for myself because it's really scary. <laughs> and I gave myself permission and survived. And, and, it, and it was a lot of fun. But I had this conversation with mom and she wasn't happy about it, by the way, uh, but she let me jump. Uh, another saying mom used to have was, make new friends, keep the old, one is silver, the other is gold which I've always just thought, man, it ought to be in the Bible somewhere. It's not. It would be a great proverb. Uh, but because, you know, we, we tend to, to err in one way or the other. We tend to, to run after the new kid in town, or we tend to, you know, nope, stranger danger, you know, and, and ignore the new kid. Sometimes we show favoritism to the person we know. Sometimes we don't. We do the opposite. And the person we know, yeah, that's yesterday's news, and we, we, we put them the other way. In church, we love visitors. But, you know, I kind of like the regulars, too. <laughs> we need to keep things in perspective. It's a mom thing. It, uh, mom, mom's the one, by the way, blame this one on mom. Red and yellow, pink and green, strangest kids you've ever seen. Right? Jesus loves the little children of the world. Annie's looking weird like she never heard that before. Yeah, this, I, I think it's awesome. It's, so much better. It's saying weird kids. <laughs> the weird kids. Red and yellow, pink and green, strangest kids you've ever seen. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Okay, got that from mom. <laughs> yeah. Red and yellow, pink and green, strangest kids you've ever seen. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Okay. <laughs> we can war, but I've got the mic. <laughs> it's... It's, it's, it's a great reminder. I mean, red and yellow, black and white works as well. It's kind of for you boring people, but <laughs> uh, it's, it's a reminder that Jesus loves everybody, even the strange kids, right? He, he, he's there for all of us. There, there's uh, something special about this phrase, I think, when he says, uh, when you are awake, they will talk with you. Because they will, you know, it, it, we're not small children who do them by rote. We don't do them, mom said this, therefore I will do this, because we're, we're adults now, right? And we hear mom's words, and they talk to us. And we can listen to them, and we can think about them, and we can decide to do it or decide not to do it, because um, we consider them. And it's not obedience, it's agreement. And the funny thing is, is most of the time we will agree with mom. Uh, we will find ourselves agreeing with her. Uh, maybe on occasion, we will find ourselves disagreeing with her. I mean, my mom was not saved, okay? The, there's a lot of things she said that I look back on and go, mom was wrong there. But it's not like I don't know what mom said. It's not like I don't, don't hear her words. Uh, they're there. Uh, they, they speak to us. They, they speak to me. Mom's words speak to me, right? Your mom's words speak to you. I don't think I'm unique in that. Uh, he goes on in verse 23. He says, for the commandment is a lamp and a teaching and a light. The reproofs of discipline are the way of life. They're the way of life. I'd like to flip you ahead into the New Testament from uh, Proverbs 6 to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6 uh, is, uh, starts out with this list of uh, directions to specific groups of people on how to live in submission to Christ. Okay? Um, I'm in Philippians. It doesn't work. There's only four chapters in Philippians. It starts with uh, 6, 1 to 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. 
And so he gives us this promise, you may go, live long in the land. And it's not, it, the thing is, is, is it, this is not a miraculous promise. As in, if you enter, if you obey your parents, you will live a long life. Because sometimes people who honor their parents or children who obey their parents do not. Is, it, and, and so observation says that can't be what it means. Uh, so it's, it's not a miraculous promise. It's a principle. It's a principle of how life works. And they are the way of life. It's not a miraculous... I have written here, it's a reasonable promise. It's the kind of thing that makes sense. There is a way of living that makes for a good life. Right? There's a way of living for make, that makes for a good life, and there is a way of living that does not make for a good life. Honoring your parents is part of the way of living that makes for a good life. That, 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 that's all there is to it. It's not complicated. It's not an absolute promise, but a principle. Sometimes people who honor their parents will die young. Sometimes people who don't honor their parents will live a long time. Right? We've seen both those happen. But the type of person who honors their parents, even if they die young, have lived a good life to that point. And the kind of person who does not honor their parents may live a long life, but it's not a good life. Those, those are bitter people, right? Those are people who have bitterness and anger, and it, it eats them, and it's, they're, they're not pleasant. Honoring your parents is, is not the only part of a good life, but it's the first part of a good life. And, and by the way, this is, this is no claim... Uh, for infallible parents in this. It doesn't say, honor your parents because they are perfect. Even though I know some of you say, well, I am the perfect parent. <laughs> okay, I don't know who here says that. In fact, I don't think anyone here says that. I think we all acknowledge we are fallible parents. That doesn't, by the way, first of all, it doesn't excuse your children from a responsibility to honor you. Levi, where do you go? <laughs> it doesn't excuse your children because you fail at some point or something doesn't excuse your children from the responsibility to honor you it also doesn't res- excuse you from your responsibility to honor your parents uh, somewhere out in that world is the world's worst mother how's that for a mother's day st- statement somewhere out there is the world's worst mother out there. She's not in here. She's out there, somewhere out there. Okay, I don't know what this woman's guilty of. I don't know what she's done. But she's a really, really bad mom. But it's not about whether she is honorable. It's about whether you honor her. Because it doesn't say, I mean, listen to what it says. Honor your father and mother. This is the first command with a promise. It doesn't have any conditions about who is to do that or why you're to do it. It simply says, do it. Honor them. Uh, It's about you and whether you honor them. Most of the time, though, we, I mean, most of us (laughs) didn't have the world's worst mother. Uh, Most of us, even though... Our parents are not the best people, even though our parents have imperfections, even though we're not imperfect, imperf- though not, we're not perfect, we do intend to do good for our children, don't we? And our parents did intend to do good for us. They want to guide us, they want to lead us into doing right things and being good people. Most of their teachings will be good, and if we follow them, we will live long and good lives. But even if they're wrong and we don't follow what they said, if we honor them, we will live good and long lives, because that talks about the kind of person that we are. Honorable people are those who honor other people. People who won't honor someone else is, is not necessarily an honorable person. And, but, but that's so much more true when mom is a Christian. 
right? So much more true when mom is a Christian. And, and I love, uh, I, I think, you know, I, some, some guys will do the, I, I don't like to do it on, on Mother's Day, talk about the, the godly examples. Because there's not a lot of godly examples for good mothering in the Bible, I think. You know, uh, some people will say Bathsheba because she taught Solomon all the Proverbs. And I'm going, and you go, where did it say that? That's what I ask. <laughs> I, I don't know that Solomon got his Proverbs from his wife. She might have, I mean, from his mother. She might have been a good mother. But nothing says that. We don't see that. She did, certainly didn't get off to a great start. Uh, people like to go to, to Hannah, Samuel's mother, uh, because she dedicated him to God. You know, we do dedications. We dedicate our children to God. We don't leave him at the temple when he's three and walk away. I, I, think, I don't think she's necessarily the wisest woman to be the example. I wouldn't recommend... I, I want yeah, Yes, moms, dedicate your children to God. Tr- entrust them to him to raise them upright and well and, and wisely. But in the meantime, God puts you in that spot for a reason. I keep going back. I know I've referred to this before, but at the uh, Anvil Conference, uh, he gave the illustration of, of the gardener. You know, who, who when, when uh, um, he, the, the guy came by and said, what a nice garden, and he took the credit. And the guy says, well, aren't you going to give God the credit? And he says, well, you should have seen when God had it without my help. <laughs> you know, because God made the things grow. But God put man in the garden for a reason. Mom, God put you in your child's life for a reason. Your child will do better because of you than without you. Right, you will make a good difference for your child, and so I, I, I look at these and I want, man, I want the good example. And you want the good example, you go to First Timothy, First uh, Timothy, and 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 Second Timothy. Second Timothy is where I actually am, and Paul is talking to his young protege Timothy, and he's encouraging him to do well, and he talks about his mother and his grandmother, right? Second Timothy chapter one, verse five. Paul is talking to Timothy. Now, if you're not familiar with the context of 2 Timothy, it is Paul's last letter. He is about to die. He talks towards the end about, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the the race. I have completed the course. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. He says, I'm about to die. I'm done with my fight. I've finished my race. I'm about to die. Timothy, you take over. And to encourage Timothy to do well, he doesn't say, look at Abraham, look at Moses. He says, look at your mother. Look at your mom. Look at your grandmother. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. He says, Timothy, you leader of the church, you man who is taking over, who has got tremendous responsibilities, who pastors answer to. You, Timothy, who is, is going to be the, the theologian of the church, the, 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 the guy in charge. Uh, Timothy, you, remember your mother. Remember her faith. Remember your grandmother. Remember her faith. The faith that they had, you've got that too. And you go, wow, Timothy, I, I would think he'd aspire to something higher. And what's Paul saying? He says, there is nothing higher. Timothy, your mother was faithful. You be faithful like her. Timothy, your grandmother was faithful. You be faithful like her. Remember they have faith. Timothy, have a faith like theirs. Wow. You know, it's, 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 there is, there is, what, what do you compare to that? There is no pastor that can have the influence and the effect that mom has. Right? There is no Bible teacher, nobody on the radio. Nobody on the TV. 
that can have the impact that mom has on a child for his faith. He uses them again in chapter 3. Right? Chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. Speaking again to Timothy. Reminding Timothy, encouraging Timothy once again to do well. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. Right? So it could sound like Paul, just that verse, it sounds like, Timothy, remember what you learned from me. Continue. But, but he doesn't stop there. He goes on and he says, uh, he says, continue from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, if you don't know Timothy, Timothy had a, a mother who was a believer, but a father who, who was a Greek, <laughs> a non-believing Gentile. Right? That was Timothy's father. Timothy, when he says, remember who you learned it from, who taught you the, the, the scripture and to, to, to be, I'll, I'll butcher it if I say it, um, which are able to make you wise for salvation through Jesus Christ. As Paul is encouraging Timothy and telling him what to do, he says, Timothy, have a faith like theirs. In order for you to be a good leader of the church, remember those things you learned from your mother. Remember those things you learned from your grandmother when you were little. The things you learned from them are the things you most need to know. Timothy, you may end up with a doctorate after your name. You may have a PhD, THD, MDiv, and seven other degrees. That's a good word for it. <laughs> I was thinking of conglomerations of alphabet. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, you see those people with that. They've got this alphabet soup after their name. Where did they learn the things that are most important for them? They learned them from mom. They learned them at home. Timothy, mom taught you the things you most need to know. The things that make you wise for salvation. Timothy, those are the things you need most. The the interesting thing about Timothy's mom and and grandmother. Now, I imagine there was a certain amount of, Timothy, don't you sass me. Right? Because mom... Your child sasses you, what happens? I was going to say, maybe only when they're little, but mom, when your big kid sasses you, what happens? <laughs> it's like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't. I remember the one time I told mom her spanking didn't hurt. <laughs> didn't make that mistake again. <laughs> So, so there, was, there was a certain amount in what, I'm sure, in what Lois and Eunice t- did and taught to Timothy that was honor your mother. But I think far more they taught Timothy to honor God. Right? Far more important to them was that Timothy would honor God, that he would, would, would know him, that he would serve him. He says they got from, from, he got from them the... the Uh, sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, right? Timothy was led to Christ by his mother and his grandmother. They are the ones who gave him the wisdom for salvation. They are the ones who gave him everything that he is rooted in. The roots are the most important part of the plant, right? Uh, There's so many plants, and not all of them I know, but so many plants you can cut off and it will just come right back. Right? Why do we dig out the roots when we want to get rid of some, some weeds? Because we know that they won't go unless the roots are gone. Where is the root of our salvation and our Christian walk come from? Right? Uh, for so many, if you have a Christian mom, it's her. 
right? It's her. Uh, we honor her. You know, only Jesus saves. <laughs> but what did mom most try to teach you, right? Uh, no one will get to heaven because they honor their mom, right? That's, that's not how it works. But with all her heart, the Christian mom wants her child to come to Christ. Uh, and, and by the way, it's just one more reason why we honor her. So moms and dads, because this is a mom and dad thing. And I'm not preaching on Father's Day. Brad Cain is. And, and, and by the way, one of the dads came up to me one year. You know, before we did the rendezvous, the rendezvous in the fall this year. Uh, before we did the rendezvous, on, on Mother's Day, I would preach a thing on how wonderful mom is. And on Father's Day, I would teach a thing about child discipline. And, and one of the dads came up to me and he said, uh, you know, you're always so nice to the moms, but you beat us fathers. <laughs> well, okay, if I combine mom and dad in one day, dads, you're not getting beat on, but everything I said, for, said about mom is true of you too. Okay, about, about your words being remembered, about your words making an impact, about building the character of your child. Okay, uh, so, so as children, let us honor our parents. As parents, let us teach our children to honor Christ. Okay? Let's bow, bow in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you for the blessings you give. I ask you to build us up and encourage us. Help us to walk faithfully with you and give all these, all these moms in here a wonderful Mother's Day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.